Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is, It's a Hard Thing. Now, here's Pastor Carrie. Good morning, everyone, again. Uh, also, just to let you know, uh, just a reminder to the children, I, there is an insert here that we did last week um, that if children filled this out, um, they can win a prize afterwards. Um, so, so as soon as your children... As soon as you circle um, the, the, the answers to, to this, uh, just head back. And either Karen or Celine will, will have something for you as a, as a way of keeping you guys um, engaged into the sermon. The rest of you, you can participate as well. Um, there's an adult version, I think, as well here. So. But you don't get a prize. Except for a crown in heaven. Yes. All right. There you go. Praise God. Um, so we are on our day, or week two of our small group services. Um, those, of, those that had small groups already, how did it go? Did it go well? Good study? I hope it was a good study. We had a, um, a good conversation in my small groups. Um, I thought it was... Um, Something that was helpful for me, at the very least. So, uh, so let's let's start with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this day. Thank you for just um, bringing us here. While while this rain is going on, we're just grateful that you, um, as as you cleanse this earth, we pray that you cleanse our souls as we hear your word. Lord, that we, um, we reflect on um, what is being said. Hopefully it's coming from you and that um, your Holy Spirit will just um, help us to, to see um, your words and hear your voice. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Last week, uh, basically the theme of it is, was be who you are. And we're talking about Paul and that he is of, of many things. He's a Roman citizen. He's a, a, a well-established um, Jew of the Sanhedrin. He was someone who could relate to all these different people at any different time and place. Um, and he talks about how he is not ashamed of the gospel. Um, and the reason why is that it was um, when you, your understanding of the gospel is based on faith and not on observance or just doing what you're supposed to do. It's something that comes with inside you and becomes a part of you. And, 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 and so when... So Paul couldn't help himself um, but to express the gospel to the people around him. It, he couldn't help himself. And you think about our lives, that we are a lot of different people. 
Um, you know, as we established last week, I'm an Angelino and I'm proud of it. And I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else, so I'm definitely an Angelino. So, but I am that, and I, I live in an area of Sierra Madre, and I, um, this person, I get, I'm involved in this group, and I'm part of this church. We are a lot of people, a lot of, we're com- complex as human beings. We're different to different people, but hopefully the gospel, as we experience it, like Paul did, that, we're, that that just naturally comes out, and 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 we're able to express it to the people around us. And it's not something that is is something that is forced. It's not something that okay, let's all church come together and let's plan a good uh, ministry where we can go and 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 be um, be completely uncomfortable doing and talk to people in ways that we just we'd rather go and hide underneath a rock. Instead, it's just because it's who we are. And that's what happened with Paul. That's the, that's the experience we have. And today we're going to talk about, and the title of the sermon is, It's a Heart Thing. Um, and let's, let's begin right here. The first part of this is, Let's just read this here. Romans 2.1 It says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you have passed judgment. Do not, um, because you who pass judgment do the same thing. You know, my daughter and I had this conversation playfully this week. Like I was pointing my finger at her, and you've heard that. When you point one finger at someone, what's happening? Three fingers are being pointed at yourself. So I went like this. <laughs> so, so I was good, right? It was all good. So one of the things that happens is you see this in, in sometimes in Christian communities that there's there's like moral police out there, right? Walking around and seeing, okay, this person's doing this, this person's doing that, he's not doing that, and we need to do something about that. Um, Praise God, as a pastor, I never felt that was my role to go and knock at your guys' doors and go and look in your cupboards and your refrigerators and make sure that there's no bacon in there. I oh, know, just uh, <laughs> right. And go in your closets and make sure there's no skeletons in there, right? Um, but for some of us, it seems like that's that's could be a need, or maybe in all of us, we, I mean, not all of us, in some ways, pass judgment on people one way or another. And according to this, it's like, don't do this because you often, psychologically, uh, I think this is, this is true. The things that you judge other people on are often the things that you struggle with yourself. Right? Okay, this guy is doing this. You know, why are you 
pinpointing this one thing that he's doing when he's doing all kinds of other things that are wrong. But this is the one thing you focus on because that's the one thing you might be struggling with yourself. So you're passing judgment on yourself as you are judging others. The other thing is, just like the sermon last week about being who you are, we want to get to the place where Christ is in our lives and it's, it's the natural experience of our relationship with God that compels us to do the things that we're doing. But if you get in a place where you are doing things because other people are telling you what to do and, and not do or, or condemning you to do things or not do, you're not doing that out of the pure um, experience that you're having with Christ. You're doing it because you're out of someone else's condemnation for you. You hear what I'm saying? So it's all of a sudden you created an environment in a world where we're not allowing ourselves to be who we are as children of God, as God has called us to be. So, and then it goes on and says, so when you are mere human being, when you are, so when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the righteous of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? I think one of the presidents said this, that oftentimes we, um, we see ourselves, we do some things, and we think of ourselves as good people. And whatever we do is usually out of good intentions. But we see other people, and they do the same thing, and we see them as bad people doing bad things. Right? That is just a common human instinct. Like I'll go and I'll be sitting there and I'll be on the computer at night, late at night, and I'm like, that, I'm doing it, I'm supposed to be doing it. My kid's doing it. No, that is bad. Sorry, kids. Um, right? So that's how we see things. And then, um, but... But when we judge, when we actually see it, we see, oh, man, God has been so good to me. I've done all these horrible things. I did these bad things. And God has forgiven me. And he loves me. And he accepts me. But then we turn around and we condemn someone else. And imagine if God treated us like we treated those that are doing wrong to you. We would never want that for God to do that to us. Right? So it's so important to, to, to learn to let God be the judge of other people. And, and in turn, that let God be the convictor of other people. That we aren't, that's not our job, our responsibility is to try to convict another person to coming to the Lord. It's Christ. So, 
But the hard thing. Romans 2, 12, 13 says, All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who, who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it's those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. So, again, it isn't what we know that saves us. It is what we experience that saves us. Back in the 4th century, there was a, um, a movement called Gnostic Gospels. You might have heard of this. And it's basically a, uh, a religious sect that believed that you are saved by what you know. And so everybody is searching deep and deep for the knowledge, for as much knowledge as possible, and that there's these secret passages and secret ways. And as you seek and know more, the more you know, that is the, that is the source of salvation. And as Christians, we could become like that in some ways. Seeking to know, to know more, and thinking that is, the, that is the path to our salvation. But it's not that. It's not what we know, but it's who we are that brings us salvation. And who Jesus is and what he has done for us that brings us our salvation. And as we accept Jesus into our lives, that and, and ex- allow Him to live and, and in our lives and experience that, that brings us our salvation. We may know God in our minds, but not know Him in our hearts. And think. We're doing everything right. Last um, weeks, we're talking about these are the type of people who know God, who, who claim to know God, but don't really know God. And what is the fruit of them? They have judgment. They have no mercy, no love, no f- fidelity. These are Christians or so-called followers of God, full of contentment and judgment because they haven't had the experience. They know God in their minds, but not in their hearts. Romans 2.15 says, They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. So we could have gone back to this old battle about, oh, here, look at Paul says, if those that keep the law, they're the ones that are actually saved. Right? Uh, but the ones that just know it in their heads, they're the ones, they're not saved. But then we can go, oh, here, here's proof. We are saved by the law, those who keep the law. It says it right there. But Paul says it right there. But no, it says here, they show that the requirements of the law are written in their hearts. 
which means Christ has put them there. It's not our obedience to it that saves us. It's the experience, the outpouring that God has put into our hearts. And as we express what he has done, we, our, our life reflects his character, which is God's law. It's a hard thing. Think about that. And when you're young, you're in love, or you meet someone, um, and you're, you know, your your heart's fluttering, and you feel like there's love in the air, and it's just pouring out. Or then you meet another person, and you think this person's nice, but you're not, you're not fully in love with this person. It gets kind of confusing. This love thing. What is truly love? It's, um, you know, but with Christ, it's this, it's not emotional. It's experiential. It is spending time with him. It is accepting what he's done for us. It is allowing him to direct your path to be to be in love with God and to allow God to live with you. Just think about that. Think about it in your walk with God. Think about the, the, the ups and downs with God. The times where you're just kind of going through the motions, like we said, fake it till you make it. Or the times where you're just, um, maybe you're, you're having a, a really good experience with God. These ups and downs that come into your life. Um, and what kind of Christian do you want to be? One that is just doing what you're supposed to do. And you're being a, a steady soldier for God until you die and then you, you hope that you're there in heaven. Or one that is full of passion and love and living with purpose and excitement because the gospel is flowing through you. What kind of faith do you want? It comes when you... When you allow Christ in here. Here can give you the evidence to open your heart here. Let's not not study. Let's not think the word of God doesn't matter. It does. It will help you have the evidence to accept him here. Right? It says, a person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly, nor is circumcised mere outwardly and, phys- and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision, is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. So often we put God in the box. We want to define God and his rules and his ways. For whatever reason, it makes it so we don't have to think about it as much. And we put God, we say God is this and you must do this to, to show that you are a good follower of God. 
circumcision. You've got to do it an external circumcision or, or baptism, an external baptism. When ultimately what God wants is what's in here. Is the experience with Him it's flowing through our hearts. The change needs to come here. And that Paul's journey in Romans is, 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 is one that leads us to the experience. How, how we can see in the, in the, ju- in the, in the struggle of, of Judaism coming to Christianity and behavior and experience with God. Paul leads us to this, this awareness of coming to God is one we surrender to him and allow him to live in us. Let us pray. Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the, the opportunity to um, come to you, to be in your presence, Lord. Help us to look at our lives and our experiences. Help us to reflect on how we relate to you and how we see others. And, and Lord, help us to, to understand what it truly means to have faith in you, to allow you to lead our lives, allow you to, to, to lead our actions and to put our trust in you. And that our experience in life, whether we're um, wherever we are culturally or whatever social class we are, we, whatever we, how we define ourselves, ultimately we are defined by what you have done for us and what we do for you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downychurch.org. God bless.